Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. Jumbo, everyone, and thank you once again for tuning in to Radio Harambe. I am Dave McBride here in the Radio Harambe studios, joined as always by Safari Mike. Mike, how are you today? Jumbo, Dave, how are you? Good, good. Mike, I just before we get into our topic for tonight, I just wanted to mention one quick thing. Sure. Um, yesterday, we officially closed our um, uh, Zazzle store. We did? Yep. It is no longer available to the public. And uh, I would, uh, well, you still. Um, but uh, I, I just wanted to just mention that over the couple of years that we had that up, um, I wanted to thank uh, the designer, a, a gentleman named Ed Peterson, a great friend of mine who did some of the really neat stuff on there, like Warden Wilson's Air Rangers and the, all that kind of stuff. Um, and also thank all of you who bought because we were able to raise hundreds of dollars, literally, mm-hmm. um, that we donated to uh, our various conservation partners um from the five different conservation uh societies that we help and i wanted to thank everybody for doing that and um you know somewhere down the road something like that may come back up again we're working on a couple of other things to raise money for conservation but uh as of right now we have closed the store and thank you all for those uh for those of you who did buy something it won't be zazzle anymore right i don't know what it's gonna be okay so you got to get Make sure you get right up in your mic there, by the way. Okay. You're, you're a little there. You go. How's That's that? better. All right. So on today's show, before we start the show, Mike, is there anything that we are, we're missing? Anything that uh, big breaking news that you wanted to mention? Or no, right? Breaking no, nothing news, crazy came no, out. No, but the Disney Parks blog over the last three or four days have been putting a lot of stuff on yeah. about the coming week. I mean, it's nothing news, but they're, they're showing you like some of the artwork at Tiffin's and like some of the background stuff about right. what's going into the Jungle Book show and right, stuff. Right. Nothing we need to talk about, but maybe go check that out. So for today's show, mm-hmm. what we are going to do is, listen, in the late 1990s, the Animal Kingdom declared itself not a zoo in one of the most mocked and Let's be honest, most remembered marketing strategy in Disney Parks history. (laughs) We thought after nearly two decades we would uh, finally get around to examining that claim and see once and for all if the Animal Kingdom is, in fact, not a zoo. Uh, How do we do this? Well, simple. We're going to compare it to. Uh, we're going to compare our Animal Kingdom Park to a couple of the uh, country's most popular zoos that Mike or I or both of us have attended, and see how it stacks up. Now, well, this may not be the most logical or uh, really accurate way of determining this, but it gives Mike and I a good excuse to talk about some of these other zoos that we love, and also. Um, some of the sort of development of Animal Kingdom and how a lot of the things that Disney does in association with the Animal Kingdom sort of came to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll decide at the end whether or not we do, in fact, have a zoo. We're going to talk about three different zoos. The three being the San Diego Zoo, which, which, I, which I have attended and Mike is not. 
That's correct. The Bronx Zoo, which we've both attended on many occasions, and Mike has a long history with. Right, I worked there for 18 years as a volunteer. And um, the National Zoo, which I was at when I was probably five. But or maybe a little later than that. But I don't remember any of it. Right, I've been uh, there a couple of times within the last uh, couple of two, three years. Right, Mike is much more familiar with it. Yeah. So, so that is our uh, plan, and let's start off with a little sort of background on the zoos, shall we? Okay. Uh, we'll start with the San Diego Zoo. It's for those of you who've never been there. Uh, it's a hundred-acre uh, home to more than thirty-five hundred rare and endangered animals, representing more than six hundred and fifty species and subspecies, and uh, also a big botanical collection with more than seven hundred thousand exotic plants. Uh, it is located just north of downtown San Diego in what's called Balboa Park, which is a big sort of city-run park district. It was founded in 1916 by a guy named Dr. Harry Wedgeforth uh, with what was no, what then was animal exhibits from um, the Panama, California Exposition, which I can only sort of describe as a World's Fair type of thing that took place for the opening of the Panama Canal. Um, the zoo was run by an organization led by Dr. Harry, who I'm going to say that because I'm sure I'm mispronouncing his, back, his last name, uh, called the Zoological Society of San Diego. We now know that as Zan- San Diego Zoo Global, which is sort of the um, blanket uh, organization that runs all of the not just the parks that they have, but some of the other things that they do, the other research and, and uh, conservation. Uh, Dr. Harry put together the collection. Many were actually from, um, you know, rescued from difficult situations. He served as the president until 1941. The city set aside the land in 1921, along with the remains of the Panama Exposition. Uh, the city owns the land and the animals, believe it or not, while the zoo manages them. Uh, they uh, Some of the little hip, tiny little things about it is, uh, the world's only albino koala in a zoological facility he was born in 1997. Uh, one of its most memorable animals was named Ken Allen. Ken, believe it or not, <laughs> Ken was an orangutan who came to be known as the Harry Houdini. Get it? <laughs> no, uh, actually, okay. Because he escaped on many occasions from the ah, zoo. Yeah, that's why you know that. Um, of course, they're known now for their great pan- for their giant pandas. Um, they came to the zoo in 2011. Uh, the zoo oh, operates. So that recent? Yeah, the zoo operates uh, conservation funds and research throughout the world, and has made major contributions to the preservation of the Arabian. Oryx, Galapagos tortoise, and probably most famously the California condor. Right. Um, so let's stop and talk a little bit about San Diego, if we should, if, if we will, and then we'll just do a little quick intro for the other two. But just to kind of set aside a little bit of San Diego for you, um, it is in- unbelievably beautiful. Right. It is an incredibly gorgeous zoo. Um, compared to the other two that we've that we're going to do, it is much more aesthetically pleasing, and certainly much more aesthetically like Disney's Animal Kingdom. Well, I mean, a lot of that is probably due to the fact that it is the climate that it's in. Oh, absolutely. The other two we're talking about are in New York City and Washington D.C., where it doesn't really. I mean, there, there's some. There has to be some consideration for the cooler climates there. San Diego, I mean, I think the temperature is relatively the same all year round, generally. Yeah, the, cl- the, the, the climate in San Diego sort of lends itself to the tropical 
sure. feel so, that so, the other two don't. Right. You know? so, so animals, uh, a lot, a large percentage of the popular animals, zoo animals, are tropical, warm weathered animals. Whether that's the African savanna, rainforest, blah blah blah, blah whatever. Um, San Diego doesn't have to incorporate cold weather indoor right. facilities for those animals. Right. They could be outdoors at, at any given at any given point. San Diego has to take a different tact when it goes for more cold weather animals like snow leopards and polar bears. If they Which want to show them. has polar bears. They do. Most yeah. tropical zoos do not. but right. I mean, Or warmer zoos, I should say, do not. The thing that sticks out if you ever visit San Diego Zoo is, um, especially if you compare it to some of the other ones, which we'll get to, and I'll talk about the price, because the daily price to get into the San Diego Zoo. And now, San Diego operates two parks. They operate... This one, the, the traditional zoo in Balboa Park, and then off campus, uh, a, f- a few miles away, they have the Wildlife Safari Park or something yeah, like that, which is basically park, right. an open air um, huge range right. that you drive through. Yeah, it's, it's imagine almost you tour through. Kilimanjaro safaris, sort of. But much bigger. But bigger, but not as themed but yes but bigger. much much bigger yeah right. um so they operate that as well um but the but zoo also, i'm sorry there also is some walking parts of the wild animal yeah. park but go the, ahead the the zoo proper for one day is about fifty dollars you didn't go to the wild animal park, i did right? not okay. i did not it's about 50 bucks They're for 50 the, bucks yeah which is when we get to the next two zoos you'll be blown away by how expensive that is that still is only half price of the animal kingdom I know, but I mean, we're, I understand. I understand, but it's but I, at first when actually maybe it's under fifty, maybe it's like forty five or something like that. But it's right around there. Um, but at, know, at first, when we walked into it, or when we when we when I was I was stunned. I was sticker shock. I was stunned because I'm yes. used to zoos being, especially zoos that are owned by a city and in a city park, um, to be good zoos. Yeah, yeah, to be good zoos. Less expensive than that, um, yeah, like half, uh, half of that is what I was think. expecting. And uh, I'm curious as but, to no, I'm curious as to, and we talked about we talk about SeaWorld sometimes. <laughs> I mean, there's a San Diego SeaWorld. I wonder how much that is. I don't know, um, and that's a good that's a good question. This, this zoo for the fifty dollars that you I'd spend, go to zoo than SeaWorld. Yeah, for the fifty dollars that you spend, uh, one of the things that was included was a bus tour. Where basically okay. you could t- you you because the other thing that stands out in the in this particular zoo is it is unbelievably hilly. I mean, yes, I you know. have to be a fit person to walk this zoo in oh, its entirety. Wow. You know, I mean, you really have to be ready for it because it's not simple. It can't be a thing where you put. I pushed a a, a stroller around, <laughs> and if if you know, I'm I'm in halfway decent shape. If I weren't. It would be difficult, right. but they offer these buses, and these buses travel all around the facility. With a lot of stops. Um, they make you could either do like a hop on, hop off okay. bus, or you can take a like a two hour. Well, maybe it wasn't two hour, an hour or so tour of the entire facility in a double decker bus where the upper deck is open air. I have one other question about pricing. I don't want to spend too much time on this. Are there other options for? Purchasing tickets? I mean, can you get like a non all inclusive, like without the bus and no. maybe a couple of the Not that I remember. Going? Okay. Not that I remember. Right. There were a lot of other exhibits in there, um, a lot of other things that were sort of, you know, obviously they have pandas. I mean, there's a lot of expense to it, but it is incredibly beautiful. And believe it or not, by the time I got to the end of the day, it was well worth the $50. Well, can we, you want to spend well some worth. time about San Diego right now? 
about like some of the exhibits? Well, we'll go into that next. Okay. So let's let I just wanted to give sort of a no, quick, fine. quick overview of it. Do what you want. Um, the next zoo we wanted to talk about was, of course, the Bronx Zoo, and then we're, we're going to compare them all together. At uh, 255 acres, it is the nation's largest metropolitan zoo. It's much bigger than San Diego. Yeah, and and. and being where it's located, it's incredible that it has all that space, but owned by the Wildlife Conservation Society, which was once known as the New York Zoological Society, Correct. I believe, uh, now works to conserve more than 2 million square miles of wild places around the world. WCS maintains 500 field conservation projects in 65 countries with uh, 200 or so PhD scientists on its staff. So this is a the, the, the company that operates right. the zoo is an incredibly large um, facility. It's and, one of the biggest yeah. in terms of um, research. It like compares the to yep. the zoo we'll be getting to, as well as like the National Geographic Society and some of these other humongous organizations. Besides the Bronx Zoo, it also manages other zoos in the city, the Central Park Zoo, there's an, the aquarium. The New York Aquarium, correct. I think there's Island. another one. And uh, Prospect Park. Prospect Park, yep. Yeah. The uh, other two are, are, the other zoos, the, the much smaller, fine, much yeah. smaller. But very well done. But right. Uh, opened its doors to the public in 1899, featuring that. 843 animals <laughs> and 22 exhibits. Um, probably the most incredible thing, not the most incredible, but, but, but the thing that really separates the Bronx Zoo from the other two is, um, you know, from the word go, it was a favorite of some of the turn of the century's most famous upper class. Teddy Roosevelt. Um, the Roosevelts, the Rockefellers. I mean, there's all sorts of names mm-hmm. of people that um, are part of this, and their names are all throughout the uh, the, and, the the entire sure, place. Sure, sure. Uh, and one of, the, one of its early goals, one of its first goals, was the American bison. Uh, right. At that time, at the turn of the century, it was, it was only a few dozen, I think, or, you know, Correct. in the tens. And I think, uh, I, if, my, if my memory serves me, every bison in the world, American bison in the world, has a relative that was from, from the Bronx Zoo. Place. I've heard that, and I've heard yeah, that too. I don't know if that's all, true, but I've heard every that. bison you've ever seen has a relative that w- that was in the Bronx. Fordham University, yes, Safari Mike's alma mater, owned the land and sold it to the city for the paltry sum of a thousand dollars. Under the understanding, it's right that, across the street. Yep, under the understanding they would use it for a zoo or a park. Um, the the Rockefeller Fountain. Now here's here's a little example of some of the intelli- you know some of the upper class of the era, right. the Rockefeller Fountain, which is a uh, um, in uh, famous fountain in the older section of the zoo. Right, it's right in the front. Right, it used to be a landmark in Como, Italy, until William Rockefeller actually bought it, picked it up, and mailed it to the zoo. Right. Um, the Bronx Zoo seal or the logo, the old seal for it, was painted by a guy named Charles Knight, who was perhaps one of the most popular wildlife artists. Ever in American history, sure. a lot of dioramas, yep. dioramas, yep, and, uh, and known especially museums. especially for defining really what we think of dinosaurs. Yes, he was the guy who sort of wrote the book, so to speak, on how dinosaurs are presented. Although most of his. Uh, presentations are now pretty much theoretically abolished. Exactly, but we, we, we still think of that. <laughs> we we still think yeah. that's what they look like. Um, <laughs> a couple of other sort of little side notes. Mike already blew my bison one. Uh, in 1902, it became one of only a few zoos in the whole world to have a, a, a an animal which is now extinct called the thylacin. Thylacin, Thyl- right? Which right. is uh, also known as like the Tasmanian tiger or something. Correct. It was a marsupial, but it looked like a but dog. Looked like a dog with tiger stripes on its butt 
on its butt. It right. was the most bizarre looking yes, creature. Was, they went extinct, I guess, in the 20s. Not long after this. Yep, yep. And they had difficulty actually keeping. There's actually some video footage if you want, if yeah. you're really fascinated to see it. There it is, is a fascinating few animal. Vi- like black and white video footage of it. It's Every a, once in a while you see an article about yeah. how somebody thinks they spotted one yeah. in, the, in the Tasmanian forest. But, you know. It's a fascinating animal. Yeah, it's beautiful. Beautiful. On, uh, probably. There's two famous sort of, well, say, should we say infamous stories about the Bronx Zoo. Uh, the more recent one in 2011 was when we all found out that the world of reptiles was closed because oh. a venomous cobra was no longer where it was think, supposed to be. I think that cobra still has a Twitter account, <laughs> if my memory serves. And then there is Otabanga. Is that the... Go ahead. Now, I know what it is. Otabanga is a... Um, a pygmy, an yes. African pygmy, a human a being. Dark, dark day in the zoo. As uh, he was about twenty-three years old, about five feet tall, a hundred pounds. He was basically, I guess, captured by um, an explorer, an American businessman named Samuel Phillips Verner, and he brought it to the zoo. Yep, where the zoo displayed it. Displayed him. S- displayed him in the monkey exhibit. Yeah, that's in the monkey about, house. It's about as bad as it gets. It's about as bad as it gets. About as, <laughs> when was that? That I mean that was oh nineteen oh two. Okay, really yep. early. So I we're was going to twenties or thirties. No, okay. no, no, no. Turn of the century. So we're going back a doesn't long, long way. Really we, make it any better? It doesn't make it any better. But we are talking about a <laughs> like period where where Africa was still being discovered. True, but you know, slavery was over for a good six sure, years. Sure, sure, <laughs> or fifty years. Sure, was. <laughs> sure. And he became it became uh, uh, the interesting thing about him is he he actually ended up only being there for a short time. Very short. Well, I mean, even not, not that short. He was there for a matter of months, I believe. But uh, still, there was a lot of backlash from a it. A lot my, of backlash. My memory to serves it. in reading about it. You, you know, even at the time, there was a lot of uh, you know what what are you doing. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing good about this story. Um, it doesn't end well. Um, the only good thing about—I mean, not good thing—but they, you know, they used to brag that they allowed him to roam around the zoo, so he didn't always have to stay in the uh, <laughs> in the monkey house. But um, it's so ludicrous. That it is crazy. Uh, he 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 um, he was soon left from the zoo and. Uh, he actually committed suicide. Yeah, it's about terrible. About ten or twelve years story. later, yeah. never really recovered from it. Um, but that's so. That's the, that's one of the crazy stories of the uh, the Bronx Zoo. Um, Mike, obviously, uh, a little for those who don't know, a little um, fair disclosure here that uh, you are not a um, honest broker when it comes to the splendors of the Bronx Zoo. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> it means that you're in the bag for the zoo. Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> Right, so it's kind of like uh, <laughs> it's your know, home. Peter talking about the Yankees. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So anyway, um, and on, finally, the third one. Before we move on, though, yeah, go ahead. What, some, well, a couple of things about the one of the yeah, things of about the Bronx Zoo is that the buildings there, uh, because mm. it's so old, um, many of them are historical uh, buildings, mm-hmm. and they can't do anything with them, which is difficult for the zoo per se, but uh, makes for beautiful grounds. Uh, Fountain being one of the yeah. historical. Uh, um, Architectural structures, but there's other houses least, that are there. Yeah, the elephant. What five other buildings that they can't touch right. on the outside because they're historical, basically registered historical landmarks. Right. 
Yeah, they're incredibly beautiful and it's definitely worth seeing. Um, finally, let's move on from, right. to the Smithsonian, the National Zoo, which is part of the Smithsonian. Correct. Uh, in Washington, D.C. It was founded in 1889, 163. Yes. You didn't mention the price of the Bronx Zoo, did you? Oh, the price. No, I, I wanted you to do it. It was about, what did we say, $25, $28? For the Bronx Zoo? Yeah. Yes. And one of the things about the Bronx Zoo is, and one of the reasons I asked you this before is, um, you can piecemeal it. You could piecemeal it. You can get like a, a a general admission that doesn't include some of the things. There's like a monorail ride. There's a carousel. There's a couple other things. Um, but or, or you could get like an all inclusive. And oddly enough, um, Disney Disney helped the Bronx Zoo. They had people come um, when the when the zoo was trying to re, re, you know restructure its pricing uh, structure. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be only piecemeal, and they wanted to have like a all-inclusive, you know, buy this pass, right. get whatever you want kind of thing. And they actually had Disney personnel come in and um, help them kind of devise that that structure. The full, total experience to get into all the exhibits and do all those yep. things is now $30.55 for an adult. Right. So that gives you an idea of where that is. So let's. So we are, went on to the uh, Smithsonian. Quite part. a bit less than San Diego, yep. Yep. especially well, when you consider New York prices generally are well. Southern California, and New York are that's probably true. comparable. That's pr- they're probably comparable. Uh, yeah. National Zoo in New York in Washington D.C. founded in, in 1889, 163 acre facility, the smallest of the three we've mentioned, um, housing 1,800 animals from roughly 300 different species. Uh, they also have a 3,200 acre facility in Virginia that serves as headquarters for something they call the Smithsonian Conservation Biology Institute in Virginia. Is that which, Front Royal? Which is, yes, which is devoted to training wildlife professionals in conservation and also breeding and raising rare animals such as the Mongolian wild horses, scimitar-horned oryx, uh, maned wolves, cranes, other species. Uh, the National Zoo has also had giant pandas in their ex- exhibition for almost 30 years. Yes. So they've had giant pandas for a long, long time. I, I believe it was... It might be. When, when did they come over? I thought it was Nixon that got them. Yes. Okay. Well, right after that. Okay. Um, so yeah. the National Zoo, uh, yeah, it was right, right like it was in his, the 70s. His trip to China I think that so. started it, I think I guess. so, yeah. Uh, he traded n- a pair of musk oxen for him. He did. Yes. <laughs> I didn't know where his to trade. Uh, the National Zoo was founded, by obviously, by the U.S. Congress and is uh, completely funded by public funds and donations. Um and the most amazing thing about it is admission is free. Yes, different pricing structure than either the Bronx or San Diego. Yes, your that's price true for all of the Smithsonian. The price is paid in your taxes. That's right, young man. It's not exactly free. So those are the three zoos. I just want to we'll throw a couple of quick things I wanted to mention before we go talking about the zoos. Um, obviously, in Disney's Animal Kingdom, there's a couple of obvious comparison points that we can throw out. Um, I, the Animal Kingdom has rides. <laughs> It attempts to tell a story, which the other three zoos really don't have any sort of um, no. story thread no, that they're no trying to tell. Yeah, right? There's no real theming uh, right. like that. And obviously there are other aspects of Disney's parent company that have a bearing upon the aesthetic of the Animal Kingdom uh, and maybe even some of the development of Animal Kingdom, which we've discussed in other shows. Um, and those things really don't exist in uh, the other zoos. So sort of the founding of it is is obviously very different. The three mm-hmm. zoos were founded for very different reasons than the animal kingdom was founded for. Um, I guess what I wanted to point out was in the idea of the not a zoo. Mm-hmm. 
when we think back on that, not a zoo, and we think of these three zoos, all of them wonderful places, um, and we'll, we could all, both of us, attest to that. The question that I have for you. For me, okay. Is why did they do that campaign to begin with? When you look at these I three think places, I think it's, why would you want to not want to make it a point of not associating yourself with a zoo? That's an easy answer. Yeah. The answer is because they were concerned that people would skip that park because they would say, hey, why do we have to go there? We got a, we got the Bronx Zoo, we got the San Diego Zoo, we got the Cincinnati Zoo. Right. I mean, if you're from, I don't know, Knoxville, Tennessee. You may say to yourself, Knoxville. why go to Disney's Animal Kingdom? We have a pretty good zoo here in Knoxville, Tennessee. So they wanted to distinguish themselves away from that that idea. Very strange to think of that. It is, especially considering, and, and two of the zoos that we mentioned, the Bronx Zoo and the um, San Diego Zoo, they're, uh, the, the um, group that they brought in to sort of oversee the zoological exhibits Two of the people there, William Conway and Rick Barangi, were both or members of the aforementioned Bronx Zoo, and right. so they had they had a whole team of zoo people, quote unquote zoo people, that came in to help design the zoological exhibits, and then they start the whole "well, we're not a zoo" thing. And you can hear in the background my own little. There he is, <laughs> trying to get trying to get himself on to Radio Harambe at an early age. That's right. It's good to see him starting up right away. Well, both of my kids been on it, so why not, why <laughs> well, not him? Now he is. Tell them all about it, kid. Um, yeah, so so uh, obviously that idea was strictly marketing and not really designed by any absolutely. by any way. That's that, that's absolutely true. It was the, but that's why they did it. They were worried that people so silly. Well, I mean, you have to remember now. You that define this. yourself as what you are in the beginning, not as what you're not. I hate. I, that's I what killed me about that. that. I understand that, but they and they're also know. wrong because as we'll come to it, it is a zoo, kind of. Oh, it is a zoo. Yeah, at least you know part of a zoo. I mean, whatever. I mean, so you've never been to San Diego. I have not. So I think that when we when if you were trying to compare the animal kingdom to a zoo, of all the ones I've ever been in, that's the best comparison. That's of why um, aesthetically, okay. uh, mostly like that's the one where you go into it and you. There's a lot of places in there where they're where you're trying to not be in a zoo. You're trying. They're trying to put you into a place? space, a, a different place. So yeah, when you go, it's a little immersive. Now, not without not by telling a story, but there's. You know, there's an incredible aviary where you're walking down through. It has, right. like, I think the largest aviary that okay. there is. Um, it's multi-tiered. You're walking down these waterfalls and stuff. Well, I mean, you don't realize. Essentially. Yeah. You don't really realize that you're in a in a, in a a zoo. Um, and then there are places like where the panda is where, where you're walking on sort of a queue line to see the pandas. Mm-hmm. And there's other things there like red pandas. Okay. And other, like, displays of, like, the bamboo and things like that. So they're. So there, there's more thought. It's not just viewing areas. Like there's more thought put into okay, the, Bronx the experience of it um, than even the Bronx Zoo. Uh, the Bronx Zoo, the the gorilla one, the the what is the gorilla? Congo rainforest. The Congo rainforest is the one exhibit that I can say kind of matches what San Diego tries to do in quite a few of their exhibits. 
Okay. Uh, okay, that's the one that kind of hits that mark. I'll bring up two other ones. That you, Madagascar is one. I don't know. If I don't think seen I've been there. Yet, no, that's relatively new, and it's an indoor exhibit on Madagascar, and it's mm-hmm. not a huge building. Again, this is one of the buildings that's a national landmark, so they couldn't destroy the right. outside. <laughs> right. So very specific as to what they could do, but it it kind of puts you in Madagascar. And the other one is the Himalayan Highlands, which has oddly enough prayer flags, and it has um, <laughs> not that again. <laughs> actually, you know, like like the prayer stones that you see like in. Um, uh, Shirkazang by Everest, and they have um, the signposts were actually hand painted by actual Himalayan artists. So that one, they tr- and it feels like you're walking up into a mountain and you're walking around seeing snow leopards or red pandas. So there's a couple of them at the Bronx Zoo. They try to immerse you into the environment itself. Right. There's also like the the San Diego Zoo has its fair share of those sort of older areas. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't seem to be quite as many as there is in the Bronx Zoo, um, and that, for good reason, as as, as you mentioned. But there's, you know, like there's, I already mentioned the panda part being something like that. The aviary. There's another section where um, where they have the koalas, where it's sort of like a whole walkthrough exhibit with koalas sort of all around you, and this outdoor thing. Um, you know, it has the like a, a monkey trail where you're going through rocks and stuff, and 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 you know, it's it, it's it just it hits that mark a little more than a normal zoo. There's not a lot of places, especially in the front half of the zoo. Now, in the back part, um, where some of the older stuff is, and a lot of that actually is going away now. Right. Um, you have what look like kind of regular zoo exhibits where you just have a place where people look at the animal that's there. Well, I think zoos in general, at least good zoos like the one three we're talking about, are taking this sort of immersive mm-hmm. thing to the or, or trying to do and what they they just can't compare it to what Disney does. There's right. there is no Maharaja Jungle Trek no. at any of these zoos. No, 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 not at all. But um like for example the Bronx Zoo two two but relatively recent exhibits come to mind. One is Tiger Mountain, which right. is which essentially just tigers, but they do have like a lot of hands-on things where they have like a, uh, a research station and stuff like that. It kind of is a little Pangani-esque. Um, they have video clips of scientists, and there's also the Ethiopian Highlands, which is gelata baboons. These are baboons that come from, well, obviously the Ethiopian Highlands. <laughs> but you walk through like almost like this... Uh, path through the mountains to get there and they have like an archaeological site and stuff like that so they do try to immerse you a little bit but again there is no Pangani or Maharaja Jungle Trek at either one of these exhibits. Okay, and now talk to me a little bit about the National Zoo because you have a much better recent memory of that than than I do. The National Zoo doesn't quite rise to that level in terms of quality exhibits like those. Um, There are great exhibits but they don't even... They don't. They don't immerse you like they do at these other zoos. It's a little bit more um, the traditional zoo exhibit. Tra- traditional. I mean, it's not bars or anything like that. But, right. 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 Um, but there's no real incorporation of the culture. Gotcha. Um, there's an Amazonia building, which is relatively new. That's probably the newest exhibit, and even that is not. I, I wasn't all that impressed with that one. Right. I mean, it's the pandas exhibit's great because you know you see some stuff and. Um, you know, besides the pandas, um, <laughs> fishing cats and right, stuff like right. that. Um, also, one of the things the uh, the National does, Zoo does, which I think was one of the most interesting things, 
is they have a building dedicated to how intelligent animals are and studying intelligence of animals. I can't think of the name of the building off the top of my head, but but the orangutans are sometimes in there. And the orangutans can actually go from the ape house, walk outside the ape house, climb over all of the guests. They have free range <laughs> to go cool. into this other building, um, like down the zoo a little bit. So you could be walking down the zoo and you will see, oh, wow, look at these um, yeah. uh, orangutans going right over our head. That's neat. That's another, really cool. another, and I would love to see something like that. And, and I know we didn't plan yeah. on talking about this, but I've been to the Philadelphia Zoo, which is the oldest. I think it's the oldest. Oldest zoo in the country. I think so, yep. And one of the things they do there, which is amazing, is they have trails that go over the guest's head. So you can actually watch a male gorilla walk over your head or a tiger. They have, I forget what they call them, but there's something like there's like the cat trail or the gorilla trail. Right. And, you know, they connect, they go around and they go over the paths and they go over you and they go over this, that, and the other thing. And you could be just walking down the zoo and you see like this, you know, this fencing uh, pathway over your head and walking across over your head is a tiger. It's the most amazing thing I've I got to see that. Life. I got to try that. I've never been to the Philadelphia Zoo. No, it's a great. It's a, it's it's very good. It's I, I actually you know, besides the fact that the there are pandas, there are a couple of very interesting things at the National Zoo. Philadelphia Zoo is probably on par with that one. Yeah, okay. It's very very good. Uh has that old zoo feel to it? It does. It does. It it probably I mean there isn't I, I think you know, I, I National Zoo is probably better, but this one thing with the the trails over your head is so mind blowing, um, and you know I saw on some, I don't know if it was uh, the Yelp or one of these websites that that rated it the the best zoological exhibit in the world is the to see these things walking over your head. It's truly impressive because you get it in a it's a very unique. That's cool to see a male gorilla or a troop of monkeys or a uh, I got to try that or a, or a tiger going over your head. I, I wish I could remember the name of it, but they're got, like tunnels over your head. I got to try that. Um, I, the other thing I wanted to mention also about the comparison between zoos in general and and the animal kingdom is one of the other things that I mean had sort of a controversial start, which we've talked about, was the worldwide the Disney Wildlife Conservation Fund, um, which was essentially founded to mimic. These same kind of organizations that were the basis of these famous zoos, that in order for them to be a legitimate player in the zoological community, they needed to be a legitimate player in the conservation community, which is what the Bronx Zoo is and San Diego Zoo is and obviously the Smithsonian is as well, um, as well as other ones around the world. Um, So uh, here's another major example of Disney making a zoo. And not, not a zoo. Absolutely. <laughs> they definitely, that part of the, the whole philosophy of the Disney's Conservation Society was to, you know, sort of combat any kind of critique that, you know, you, Disney's sticking animals in cages and right. isn't that horrible? Aren't they terrible? To, to you know, have this conservation group. Because as you said, um, the Bronx Zoo has a humongous uh, society dedicated to the study of right. animals in the wild. And they're very dedicated to uh, reproduction of animals uh, in zoos and trying to save them. Smithsonian, I mean, we all know what the Smithsonian right. is. I mean, they have people all over the world, too. And the San Diego Zoo has done the same thing. San Diego Zoo has their own society. They also have, Cru- is it Cruz? Cress? It's C-R-E-S. Yeah. Which is the Center for Reproduction of Endangered Species. Correct. It's actually a frozen zoo. 
So what they actually have there are the cells, the DNA of animals that are highly endangered. And the theory being... If we lose them... 100 years from now, if the elephants are gone 50 years from now, we maybe science would be able to bring them back through cloning. Sort or of the Jurassic Park idea. Except, yeah, of... exactly. Except with endangered species that are around today. Right. Um, and not dinosaurs. Right. And they have things like, you know, African elephants and different rhino species. That's amazing. Sea turtles. Uh, they have their DNA in the frozen zoo in, in, in San Diego. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, so, so you see that now Disney hasn't really begun the process of, well, let's put it this way. I mean, the, the, the Wildlife Conservation Fund, Disney's Conservation Fund, was founded not to spearhead these projects, but to fund them. Right. Which it's, is the major difference. Right. Because the look, other look. zoos do it themselves with their own researchers and their own doctors and all that. Correct. Disney has is only beginning to do that. Correct. Correct. You I know. Mean, the, the, uh, the, the Wildlife Conservation Society has a big building in the Bronx Zoo where their scientists are. You know, they, exactly. So those are employees of right. the Wildlife Conservation Society and essentially the Bronx Zoo. That's true. The Bronx, uh, the Disney just sends them checks. Right. I mean, they're starting to develop some of that as we go oh, on, but it's that. a slow process. The checks are important too. Checks so are I very mean, important. Let's not be little. Let's not be little checks. Right. Yeah. They, they do have. To, I mean, these people need money to to do these exactly. Things. I mean, there are people in I don't know Sumatra studying rhinos for years. I mean, and they they need to get paid to right. not just funded to do their study, but I mean, these people need to to earn a living. Um, so, yes, the checks are important, too. So, like I said, obviously, um, the, the other thing that's kind of a little speculative um, and the big difference between the two is that, um, you know, like I said before, they, they, Animal Kingdom has rides. It has shows. Um, that is not only a difference between themselves and other zoos. It's also a difference between the animals that they choose to have on exhibit and ones that other zoos choose to have on exhibit. True. Because that informs their animal exhibit in a way that no other zoo would really do. San Diego has shows, though, don't they? I mean, there are shows. There are things that happen. There are rides, uh, aren't there? There's little stuff, monorail, you know, that kind of stuff, like the buses. Like the Bronx Zoo has yeah, a yeah, yeah. I mean, there are things like that. And a but carousel. We're talking about rides that are not related to the animals that then relate to what kind of animals they want to have like the safari was going to be an entirely african collection of animals and they were going to have animals from africa but they do not have any animals from australia or any animals from from southeast asia really or south america i mean there's a whole swaths of the america of the planet that are not represented in the animal kingdom because of this true true they decided to 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 limit themselves to african and that's a big difference when regular sure. zoos would bring them in for much different reasons. Sure. I mean, but the Bronx Zoo, for example, has the the monorail, which is Asia only. Sure. Well, yeah, but 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 if they decided to bring in koala bears tomorrow... They could find a spot for them. They'd find a spot for them. When Disney would not. Because the Disney doesn't have an Australia. So it would well, be different. I mean, I mean maybe they would... for Discovery Island and the Tree of Life and Rafiki's... I mean, they Lodge. probably could. could, but they don't, is what no, I they mean. they don't. So <laughs> they, they don't. They don't. Um, and the other question I wanted to ask you, Mike, was um, about the movement of exhibits. And by that, I mean how often they change. Um, how would you compare how often the actual species 
on exhibit change in the animal kingdom compared to other ones? I mean, is do you have more flow of animals through zoos than you do at the animal kingdom? Because it seems like no. the same kind of exhibits have been at the animal kingdom forever. It's one of the things people complain about. You know, there's only very small changes. We've always had tigers over here and this over there. Right. And that, and that. But but that is a zoo thing, correct? That is a zoo thing. I mean, every once in a while, the you know, one of these zoos will build a new exhibit. San Diego probably more so than the other two. Right. They seem to have more money. Well, um, they charge $50 a head. Yeah, I guess. I mean, the Bronx who recently closed a couple of exhibits because they were running out of money. Right. And had to disperse the animals. Um, but, I mean, there's there's a lot more animals at the Bronx Zoo in San Diego. So more animals, the more animals you have, the more just by process of elimination turnover, I mean, animals die. Of course. Um, so Although they, Disney doesn't like to tell you that. Well, neither does. Nobody does. Nobody no, does. I mean, they wouldn't even right. tell us. In the, the Bronx, so they wouldn't even tell us when an animal died. Yeah. The volunteers. They didn't want us to somehow tell the public. They right. wanted everybody just to pretend that they don't die. Um, right. This is the same one that's been here since 1902. I'm not sure if they still do that, but I stopped. To, I, I, I've been gone for about eight years now from there. Right. But um, they when I left, that was their basically their MO. Um, so there is turnover you know there's animals that go to other zoos for breeding purposes and all that kind of stuff but in terms of like do they change the particular exhibit and just because there's more animals they probably there's probably a little bit more of that at the bigger zoos right. than there are at the animal kingdom but i don't think it's I, th- I think it's proportionally probably similar so the big difference between these particular zoos animal wise and the animal kingdom is that these zoos have more animals and a bigger variety of species generally oh, but much bigger right i think so that's one major difference well, I mean, I mean, between the, the two an, the animal kingdom so it could be considered half a zoo right i mean <laughs> the whole idea of the bronx zoo san diego zoo national zoo philadelphia zoo whatever is the display of animals right that's all they do right i mean there may be a carousel in there or a <laughs> or a monorail, whatever. Or a, or I mean, even the monorail showing you animals usually. Exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, that's what they do. That's their business. Or, yep. or sometimes, uh, yep. like a four little three D movie about animals or exactly. something like that. But essentially, ninety five percent of what they do is showing you animals. Right. That's less than fifty percent of what the animal kingdom does. Right. So that's unusual. Right. That makes it different than the others. Now, um, before we go into our determination as to whether or not. Animal Kingdom is, in fact, a zoo and not not a zoo. Um, I just wanted to kind of point out one other thing, which is that we've, we talked before about, and you only, you only just sort of hinted on this, we talked before about how these zoos helped Animal Kingdom sort of get started mm-hmm. and help with their legitimacy of, and all that. But I think it's also important to note what an effect Disney and the Animal Kingdom has had on other zoos. Because they're, what we were talking before about the way they're displaying animals, the immersive quality with which they're designing their exhibits, was really at the cutting edge of that. And and really the best of, certainly in the country, the, the best at ever doing that. Nobody ever thought before Disney came along. To not don't just put tigers in there. Put tigers in something that looks like this incredible ancient ruin. Well, there was a little you know, bit of that. Before. I mean, there was a tiny yeah. bit of it. Disney threw it over the edge, that's and true. now that's sort of trickling its way back down. Uh, most good zoos now, when they build a new exhibit, like their their new big thing, you know, every 
five, six years, or whatever, you, each zoo will have the new big thing. And, I, and I'm only talking about the biggies. Right. You know, like the major institutions. Right, right, right. We can't compare it to the small right. city zoos. Um, yeah. They do do this sort of, they try to bring an element of the culture. Exactly. Uh, or, or something along those that's lines. That's a great too. thing to point out, because that's really what Disney does, is bring right. the, the uh, show the animal's relationship to the culture, which is something that other zoos didn't really do a lot of. No. And I mean, now I, they're trying to. Right. I mean, I could tell you since the since the Animal Kingdom was built, just from my experience with the Bronx Zoo, they build uh, Tiger Mountain, which does a lot about research and showing exactly. that kind of stuff. The, the Ethiopian Highlands, which I discussed before, Madagascar. Right. The, Cong- the Congo doesn't do too much with the culture, but yeah, a but little it's, bit to it. But it's mercifully beautiful. It it's is. set up like a... But there's a little bit to it. There's a little bit of, yeah. um, you know... It's the second kind of- best gorilla exhibit I've ever seen compared to uh, uh, Pangani being the best. But that's that's pretty close. I am going to say the Bronx is better. Yeah, see, I like Pangani better because it's open. It is open, but that's I, what like I like about it. The, the Congo does the movie. Which I think is very effective. It's it has beautiful. Like this little five-minute, six-minute movie about the Congo and you know what's going on. You know, very dramatic film. Yeah, a lot of animal. You know, look at, and yep. then the the curtains open up behind it, and there is your troop of gorillas. And it's very dramatic. It's beautiful. It's very dramatic. It's very very well done. Well done. Yep, yep. I like it a lot. It's short. Too. It's like a good length too. It's not you're not right. there for twenty minutes. It's like a. I want to say like six minutes, something right. like that. But uh, it's 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 really gorgeous. I, the only reason why I like Pangani more because it literally feels like you're walking through the jungle of well, the thing in about Africa Pangani, looking the, for uh, them. The two different troops and you know, the rope bridge is kind of cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll it's got some. That. So I just wanted to sort of point that out. And um, so when let's let's let you have sort of the final word on the comparison between the animal kingdom before and the zoos. Yeah. Before we do that, I got a couple things to, for you. Okay. What would you? I want. Uh, what would you say? Give me like the one or two best exhibits at the at the San Diego Zoo. The one or two. You don't have to go into like best real exhibits. Depth about what um, well, certainly the panda exhibit is great because of the um, the 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 closeness between you mm-hmm. and the pandas. Mm-hmm. You're you're right there. Um, the exhibit itself is well themed through the queue, but then when you get to the actual animal enclosure, it's kind of dull. There's nothing, okay. you know. It's it's very small. These are they're in very tiny little areas, and I think they're separated now because there's a, a male and a female, or okay. or, a, or or a young and a mother I think and a, a baby child. Was recently yeah. Born. Um, so that's but but it's obviously you know amazing thing to see them. Um, the aviary is the one thing that I walked through and said, "Wow, this is insane." I mean, it is. It's you're literally walking through this. In- that an enclosure that's so big you don't realize you're in an enclosure. I mean, it's so huge you don't realize you're there. And you're walking through different areas kind of like you would be walking through different areas in Maharaja where you're going through like okay. little little but it's it, again, it's so big and so majestic you don't you don't realize that you're in an aviary and you just see and, these incredible things. And you're saying aviary was strictly birds? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, so if there was Go ahead. You, there's, is there another one? I'm trying to remember the name of the aviary. Tiger, oh, Scripps. Is it Scripps aviary? Uh-huh. Yep, that's the okay. one. Oh. But definitely beautiful. And um, I mean, they have Tiger River. They have the new Australian thing. Those are all great. You the, see the, the Tasmanian Aus- Devils? I did. The Australian thing, I, I was hoping for more. Okay. Um, I actually didn't think aesthetically that well, was all that a, a pretty. Let me ask you a different question then. There was a bear trail, like an Asian. Sun bear forest. Yeah, that that's the one I'm thinking of. That, that was good? Great. Yeah. If there was one thing, or maybe two, or whatever you say, that you know you said to this, wow, I wish they had something like this at the Animal Kingdom, the aviary, 
pandas, obviously. Oh, forgetting and not I've been saying that forever. I'm not talking about animals necessarily <laughs> specifically, but would it be the aviary, like that kind of like humongous walk through aviary kind of thing? Or is there, or is there a show or some way they distribute uh, nothing like that? No, no, nothing like that. That that really blew me away to the point. I mean, I, again, I, I don't want to. I don't want to beat right. a you know beat a dead horse here, but you know there. Are, I would like to see there, there's such a great representation of animals throughout sure. this zoo. I mean, you have polar bears and you know from 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 arctic animals to australian animals there's just so many of them there um and there's so much to see that i i think that to put to pull one exhibit out would be very difficult Mm -hmm. other than the panda one because it's pandas and the exhibit was very well done um like for no i there i don't think there was any one thing it's like one way to do things that i think Disney okay. can improve. In fact, it, it failed in a, not failed is such a bad word to say, but it, it falls short in a lot of ways because of the general difficulty of getting around it, mm-hmm. and you know because it's so big and so hilly and crazy, you know, and it's that kind of stuff. It's also unbelievably difficult to navigate. I mean, like right. you, to get from point A to point B is can often be very hard, confusing. A very confusing. I mean, it's a labyrinth. And if you have a stroller you got to roll around and you can't go up and down stairs, forget it. You're, sometimes you're going... I mean, for instance, in order for us, first thing in the morning, to get to the panda exhibit, because we wanted to do that first, we had to walk through the aviary, because that's the only passage that would take us from the front gate to the panda exhibit and not have to go downstairs. Right. Without going way out the back end of the thing, so it's very, very hard to navigate. So I would say there's actually more to it that I would say, you know, Disney does much better. Okay, let me let me bring out two things: one from each of the zoos that I've been to. Okay, one I've already talked about, and I think the building was called the Think Tank at um, the National Zoo, a building totally dedicated to the smarts, and and they, and they have scientists studying the brains, essentially, you know how right. how smart animals are. But to be able to have an orangutan go from like walk, literally just climb over, you know, climb through the trees over your head. Yeah, that's impressive. Would be amazing. And yeah. for from the Bronx, although this building is currently closed, one of the uh, it was the first uh, exhibit to do this in the world, a complete building to do this, which switched day and night. It's called the World of Darkness. It right, like a big cave. Right, and um, basically they put on all the lights during the during the day de- or during the evening. So that the nocturnal animals would think it's day, and then they shut off. It was a lot of black light, very dark. You walk through, you see bats and sloths and all that kind of stuff. Something like that over Rafiki's Planet Watch. Both of these, I think, would be yeah. best served over there. You know, sort of redesigned over mm. there. But like that kind of thing would be cool at uh, yeah, small exhibits like that. Disney. You know, the most impressive thing that I saw at San Diego Zoo, mm-hmm. and I think I may have mentioned this in the last time we talked about this. Uh, on the bus ride, they actually take the bus because you're in a confined area. You're going on sort of these in the bus. You're you know you're not walking around. You go sometimes in the back of an exhibit on the opposite side of the exhibit from where people were walking. And there was a point where we were at in the back of the lion exhibit, mm-hmm. but the lion, the the enclosure itself was just out of reach of your hand. And so it was only a few feet right. from us. And sitting there 
at eye level to the bus because the way the exhibit was was a lioness. Cool. And so you were within ten feet mm-hmm. of this lioness, and that was something that you can't do anywhere else. I mean, that was I mean that that blew me away. It was yeah. such an amazing thing to see. But um, yeah, so so I let's go back to what I was going to sure, say yeah, before, so back to which your is last, your your um, final your final <laughs> comparison and what you think. I mean, are, we're obviously the animal kingdom is a zoo. I mean, we can we can it's it's part zoo. But it is a zoo. It, it has to zoo. run like a zoo. It has to operate like a zoo. Absolutely. It does all the things a zoo does. And it does it... And some more. ...as good as anybody does. Right. At least in terms of its veterinary care, its exactly. state-of-the-art buildings behind the scenes. Um, you know, it's it has the benefit of di- having Disney money right. uh, to build state-of-the-art. I mean, sometimes these, you know, these other zoos... They're, they're, you know, they're getting tax dollars from cities and donations. Sure. And, and they run short of funds. from, like, you know, uh, wealthy people in the mm-hmm. area, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. So they, they have to make hard decisions sometimes in terms of that kind of stuff. Right. Disney has the wherewithal to say, this is going to be the best elephant barn. Even though you're never going to see it unless you're, you know, paying money to go on a tour. You're never going to see the elephant barn. But we want happy elephants. It's as good as, a, uh, as you're going to get anywhere, anywhere in the country or the world. Right. So, um, yes, it is a zoo, and it's a very good one, uh, but it is not all it is. And, it's not, and, it, and you know, th- there are things that the Bronx and the San Diego do better in terms of de- giving you a much greater um, variety mm-hmm. of animals. Um, and display, I think, in some ways, as far as being able to actually see the animal. As far as San Diego goes, there's a lot of really good close encounter type things. There is to, to, to as well as in the Bronx as well. Yeah. I mean, like, for example, the new Madagascar exhibit, um, you know, you're right on top of the lemurs. They're right there. Yeah. Um, and it has the best uh, crocodile exhibit I've ever seen in the whole world. They've re- and this goes back to what we were talking about before. They've recreated an actual cave in Madagascar where you'll find Nile crocodiles, you know, in the dark caves of the... Cool. And you walk in there, it's and you walk in the cave, and there are these humongous crocodiles right in front of you. I That's mean, they're awesome. right in front of you. Um Fantastic exhibit. That's really cool. Yeah, they do stuff like that. Uh, what, you know that, uh, and again, a lot of that comes from you know this immersion into the actual cave systems of Madagascar. You know, some of it, I guess, you have to thank Disney for it. Yep, or at least Disney helped push it along. So the Animal Kingdom is in fact a zoo, <laughs> but at the same time, we would also greatly encourage you to visit. These not only these other zoos, but your local one as well. There's Michael tell you there's dozens of great zoos um, throughout the country. Uh, it, it, many many cities possess fantastic zoos. I uh, hope to someday to take a, a trip across the country visiting baseball stadiums and zoos, zoos <laughs> and craft breweries. That, That's my goal in life. That does sound like something. Cincinnati you, and Denver, does sound like something Chicago. you ought to uh, you ought to consider. <laughs> Denver. That does sound like a good way to go. Um, anything else you want to mention on no, this I before don't think we go? So. All right. So uh, don't forget, you can um, if you want to ask us any further questions. Certainly, if you have any questions about the zoos and stuff, um, uh, if you have any for for Mike or I, you can find us on Twitter. Mike is at Jumbo Everyone. I am at Radio Harambe. You can go to our website, JumboEveryone.com. Find our links to social media if you want to email us you can do so at jumbo everyone at gmail.com thank you once again for listening to the show i want to say by the way while we were on uh no, that's nothing no break okay news, but speaking of our zazzle star uh, store our one of our fans uh, jody wish from minnesota 
Her son apparently has a Jumbo Everyone hat. Good. Not seen that. <laughs> Just put a picture on Twitter about it. Excellent. Another <laughs> another happy customer, and thanks to you, there is somebody who got some funding over when since whenever you bought that. <laughs> <laughs> so for Safari Mike, I'm Dave McBride. Quaharini, go well. Thank you for tuning in to Radio Harambe. <laughs> Now, who, who, who?